Hello, everybody, and welcome all thanks to LD Mobile. It is NBL Overtime. Boys, I'm back home. <laughs> I'm back home. I don't condone breaking and entering, but I've broken. I've been able to slide the back door open, and I'm in the old NBL Overtime studio. Can't get the lights on, one or two up, but I'm home. What's up? Wow. Is this the, the, are we transitioning back to the studio? Is this the first step? I have, I have no idea. I just, you know what I thought, you know, I got out of bed this morning. I was like, I just, I just feel better in the NBL overtime studio. So uh, the janitor's here. He's still mopping up. Over. Thanks, Doug. Uh, he's working on his <laughs> stuff, but uh, we'll do the show. How <laughs> do you? I've got a big segment coming. So homicide, welcome to you. You've slid something into the rundown, which I like. Look, I'm, I'm happy to be back here, but look, the man is here. Yeah. We all got questions. We need answers. Let's get into it. Coach Vickerman, what is going on? Right, I'm, I'm back in the office today. So kind of a uh, little starved of basketball. So I come and watch the, the Boomers and the Opals work out through my window. Um, but uh, yeah, it's good, it's good to understand that we're going to have a season um, and we've got a starting date. And I think once we get that... Um, that first date, then everyone starts to get into gear about how do, how do we plan for the season. Hey, Dean, you joined Liam and I a couple of weeks ago on NBL Rewind and you spoke about, you know, you're sort of a neutral in this situation. We didn't know when free agency was going to start. The season you just touched on was still obviously up in the air. Now we do have a date officially for free agency and the season. How much in the last couple of weeks have you and your team really clicked into gear and, and changing the focus of, of what you're working on? Yeah, I think you, you change from, um, you know, your wish list to really start, um, you know, being active in the, in the market. And, you know, our club's been fantastic and uh, we understood where we sat for a while about, you know, not making moves and, uh, you know, not spending money during this period. And, uh, but now it's got to that point where free agency's coming around and um, our Ownership is just as excited as us to, to start to try and put a team together. So um, certainly our meetings, our conversations have moved from, from the wish to the let's get it done. Mm-hmm. Do you just on that, do you feel a lot more like now where you said you're a bit antsy last time we spoke to you, sort of sitting around now, competitive beast. You're all about setting this roster and getting ready to go. Do you feel a bit better, I guess, within yourself about where you sit in this weird couple of months? I feel better about just getting out of the house yeah. and feeling like... <laughs> Um, you know, there's something positive I can do and having the guys back on the floor, you know, a little bit. And um, my girls are pretty happy about me leaving the house as well. They've, they've hidden up in their room recently because at any time they come downstairs, dad's giving them a job, dad's making them do something, dad's coaching them, dad's doing stuff. So they, 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 they're happy I'm out of the house. <laughs> Vico, you talk about the, the wish list during that period. But see, this is what happens. It happens. It, ha- it happens every time, each every week. He gets every excited. Week. There's signings on the horizon. He boots out his microphone. Continue, Liam. I got my chance to speak to Vico <laughs> and, uh, and I fell flat. Vico, you talk about the wish list. During that period of time, Sean Long signed in South Korea. Melo Trimble has signed in Spain. Did those guys sit on that wish list? Did you have a desire to bring either of those guys back? Uh, we knew uh, either one of those guys were, were going to be a, a late, late signing for us. We weren't in a position to, to offer them anything, you know, during this period. So, um, yeah, certainly, you know, we, we loved what they brought at different stages of the year. And, you know, we found a rhythm at the end of the year. So, um, you know, certainly we hadn't discounted either of those two guys from coming back. But 
Uh, obviously, wish them well, you know, in the jobs that they've got, you know, to see Mello go to ACB and, um, you know, Sean in a tough Korean league over there as well. So, you know, wish those guys really well and appreciate what they did for the club. Coach, let's get into it. What are we doing with Chris Golden? What are we doing with CG43? The country wants to know. What are we doing? <laughs> And I knew this was coming. So, <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're both in a, in a full of bit of a holding pattern with him. It's, um, you know, we would love to have him back. And uh, we haven't been in a position to, um, to go out and, and make the offer that, that he needs uh, to come back to Melbourne United. There's, a, there's still an itch that he's got with Europe as well um, at this stage. And, and so he's going to continue to, you know, see what opportunities present themselves um, in Europe and then, you know, look at our offer at, at an appropriate time as well. And, um, you know, with the season date coming around and free agency coming around, we can, we can probably see um, our two worlds coming together at a point where, yes, it's going to happen or no, it's not going to happen, you know, in you know, the foreseeable future. I know it's, it's early, but do you put, from a club perspective, do you put a date on that? Yeah, we've started to a little bit more. You know, I was, you know, until we got a start date, we were happy and both parties were happy to, you know, just to let this thing go along, find out more information, find out, you know, where our budget's going to get to. Are we going to have fans, um, which is important to, you know, how our business runs and all those kind of things. What offers are coming from Europe? So, um, you know, we, we'd like to have, you know, that situation, you know, tidied up around the agency period. Vico, always hard to keep a championship team together, but since you guys won that title in, in 2018, the following off season, Ty Wesley left the club. Um, and then last season, obviously you guys were in negotiations with Casper Ware and he went elsewhere. What have you guys learned from those situations that help you or tool you or, or you're using with this situation with Chris? Yeah, I don't think it'd been any different when I was in New Zealand. I mean, like, you know, we had people, uh, elite talent, you know, come and go um, all through the, those three, four championships that we, that we won over there. And so it's, it's not something that's new. When you, when you have success, uh, people are going to get opportunities that are greater than, than you can afford. And, you know, there's, and you wish them well, you know, we wish Casper, well, go ahead. That's a great opportunity for you to, uh, for your family and, and the money that you can earn in Sydney. We, we, we can't match that one. And um, so you've got to get to a point where as a club, you're happy with the offer. You believe it works for, for you and, and for both parties. And, and if you can't come to an agreement there, well, you know, good luck to you and, and, and um, you know, wish you well with the opportunity that you've got. So um, with this one with Chris, you know, obviously, you know, he's been the face of our club. He's, he's our um, championship MVP of the finals. Um, you know, when, we, when it got tough last year, he was one of the guys that put his hand up and said, no, we, we can still make it. We can still get to the finals. We can still have a crack at the, at the championship. And, um, you know, some of the meetings that we had with him away from the court, you know, in a restaurant to talk about how we get out of this situation. I thought he, he did a magnificent job. And, um, you know, you want to reward people that dig in the trenches when it gets tough. That's just the gift and the curse of being a part of a quality organization. You know, other people want that DNA 
with their organization. So, you know, great players sometimes have an opportunity to stay with the club and great players move on. That's just the nature of the beast. Now, speaking of great players staying with the club, you got Mitch McCarron, money-making Mitch, with you. Obviously, he played a lot of his role with you guys off the bench, coming off the bench, sometimes starter. We know he can play point. We know he's quality. Will he be your starting point guard this upcoming season? Man, I'm not sure when we brought him off the bench. Yeah, I think he started every game for the year. But, um, you know, we, we used Shea Illy more as the season went along, um, you know, to, as our starting point guard as well. So, you know, the combination of Mitch and Shea and Chris, you know, was, 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 was pretty tough um, defensively. And we still had the scoring punch as well. So, um, you know, do you come back with Shea and Mitch? Do uh, one of those come off the bench and be a six-man? Um, as well, so yeah, they're the op- they're the things that lay in front of us. But Mitch has always been searching for an absolute true position and an international position. And we played him at the three spot. Um, he played more combo guard on offense, but he guarded the threes. But he wants to he wants a real crack at at the point guard position. And um, there's still some learnings there for him. But um, you know, we've seen enough to say you know we think you can do it. And it's probably a little bit more closer to a, a Perth model, um, you know, with a Damian Martin and, and your scoring um, at, in, in other guard positions as well. But, um, you know, we believe Mitch can do both things and we, he can get his 12 to 14 points a game, get his five or six rebounds a game, pick up his four assists. And, and if he does, does that, you know, he's got to be looked at, you know, down the track with the boomers for opportunities to be in point guard at 6-3 as well. Vigo, what's the what's the latest word um, regards Casey Prather? Where's where's he at? We follow his Instagram every day as he posts his workouts, and he's in constant contact um, with our physio staff. He looks good, and just like he did throughout the year when we continued to get him close to playing, and then he'd miss on the last step um, in just jumping back on the court. And so, you know, he's contracted. And he has to pass his medical. And he, and he probably would the way he was running around right now. And the athletic guy that we saw in Vegas last year as well, the thing that we question is, can he get through the grind of the season? And somehow within our testing for him to pass his medical, he has, we have to find a way for him to see, can he go through, through the grind of a season? Because if you can't do that, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult um, you know, recruitment just to have him practice once or twice a week. We we need a guy that's going to be there um, every step of the way. Just on that, that sounds extremely complicated to be able to work out a, a testing phase to be able to see if a guy can play a whole year. And you mentioned it right many times. You thought he was right to go. Then he, he sort of that little last little misstep. How hard is it to be able to do it with the fitness staff to be able to work out a way to make this work? Because he does look great. And he did look great 12 months ago when we were able to see him in Vegas. And right now you'd say, is it the case he prayed for your need? But the disruption that sort of you had at different times last year where you thought he was going to come back in and uh, probably set you back a week or two every now and then. How hard is it and complicated is it to make a call on this? You know, I think obviously Corona's made it a little more difficult as well. Um, you know, do we fly over there and, and, and put him through the testing that we need to? Do we bring him out here early and get him through, um, you know, a month of practice. And so, you know, they're, they're all the 
situations that we're, we're going through right now to work out what is best. We believe to bring him out here um, and get him through the daily grind of our practices and, and the scrimmages that we put together, that's certainly going to be the best test uh, to see if Casey can, can do it on the day today. Like most NBL clubs, or in particular two in Melbourne, of course, with South East Melbourne Phoenix and yourself, you're having some open scrimmages. Uh, are you involved in that from a coaching perspective or you just open the doors and let the boys get up and down? How does that all work from your end? Yeah, I think we, um, we want it to be known as a place that you go and it's, there's no individual work. You just come in, you get yourself ready and, and you go. And um, sometimes my influence on the scrimmage has been it's too slow we're playing 14 second shot clock for the next three scrimmages and we're playing faster they they're kind of it's a bit sluggish right now let's let's go and play as fast as we can and and, and get shots up and work on the fitness component so um we put a little bit of structure into it say on a make or a miss these are some of the things that we want to play around with um and then just let them go and, and not get too involved in the coaching side of it, they, as more competitive it's got, they've kind of asked me to make a couple of calls down my end and get back to my referee hat on a little bit. But, um, you know, we're just, we've had, you know, two runs going. We've had a 10 o'clock run where 15 guys have been coming in. We've had an 11 o'clock run where another 15 guys have been coming in. So, um, you know, it's been a lot of guys through the door and, um, you know, free agents, Europe, college returnees, our guys, you know, it's been a great mix of, uh, of basketball talent in Victoria. And of course, there's the Vince Crivelli run where he runs down from his office with a contract for Jock Landale and says, mate, you want to uh, hang around for a couple of years? So there's plenty of runs happening right now for Melbourne United. Uh, and judging by the footage we get to see, and, and, and Simon Mitchell spoke about this as well, the players do get a lot out of it. Yeah, and we didn't want to, um, you know, have a run on the same day as, as the Phoenix as well. We wanted guys to be able to go and and get a couple of good runs during the week. So we put ours on a Wednesday, they've got theirs on a Friday, and it's been good for, you know, players coming back to Melbourne to be able to, to go and uh, visit both clubs and, and get some work in with both clubs. So, yeah, Jock Landau, he'd be lovely. But <laughs> <laughs> Nick, I want to ask you about uh, your impressions of one of the other guys who's been involved in those runs, Terrellgan's own Jack White. You mentioned the college returnees. I mean, he's going to be in the NBL this season. We know that. Watching him in these runs, what are your impressions of him? What, what kind of impact do you think he'll have in the NBL this season? Yeah, well, he only just got out of quarantine uh, last week. So um, he quarantined in Sydney for a couple of weeks and returned back to Melbourne last week. So we, we, he, didn't, he didn't participate in our run. He, he visited our run on Wednesday and has gone back home uh, to Traugan to, to be with his family. And, um, yeah. We will. I think he's going to participate tomorrow. So um, it'll be good to see him. Good to see what um, you know he learnt in college and and how um, he he he's going to look in the NBL. So yeah, look forward to tomorrow. Who's a bigger name in Terrellgan, Jack White or Dean Vickerman? No, mate, I'm a Warrigal boy. We we don't, we don't even like Terrellgan. We don't <laughs> go up there. So definitely Jack White. That, that's been that's been the obstruction to possibly signing Jack White due to the the Warrigal Terrellgan rivalry, isn't it, Dino? <laughs> I can't say anything. Okay, fair enough. I got, I got a question, right? Let's just say um, you're an unknown, not signed, didn't play in the NBL this season, and managed to get into one of the runs of Melbourne United open runs because I'm pretty sure everybody can't get in there. 
and they, they impress, what are their odds of potentially getting a real tryout with an NBL club, mainly your club, Melbourne United, if there's a spot available on your team? Like, is there a real possibility or it's just really like, nah, we're glad that you came, you know, to help help the run be better and more competitive? Or will there, could there be a look? Yeah, there's some of that. You know, we obviously to get into the run right now, you have to sign up with email and accept and say that you're coming. And, and so we know everybody that's in the gym for, for, for COVID. Um, we've had players that obviously... The first run is, we believe, is the higher uh, level run. We've had some guys that have been in the second run that have been elevated to the first run. And, hey, he's doing pretty well in the first run right now. And to say, maybe it's not this year, but we got a really good look at that kid. Um, he's gone back to college or he's did, done something else. But, you know, you create a relationship with him and, um, you know, hopefully they return. So, yeah, there's always a potential for, for someone to jump up like that and, and find a spot as a development or a training player. Um, you know, Dylan Stife is one of those guys who um, kept coming to our runs, goes and plays, you know, a couple of times in NBA games, gets an injury, gets onto our roster, plays a few games. You know, that, that, that side of it's real. No NBL one as well, just on that. No NBL one this year, of course, or, or no lower levels across the country when it comes to sport. Does that make it even more imperative to be able to maybe find a diamond in the rough this way? Well, you know, with our roster and only having three guys signed, um, mm. you know, it, it made you look at everything. You know, let's we hadn't been a team that had really looked at uh, the next star. So we go out and we keep seeing everybody that's coming through that next star program and. And maybe we even hold on some positions to say, let's look at the draft. Let's, is there another draft in stash? Because me, to me, DD is the best next star that's come to our league. He, he was great on the floor. He, was, he played the whole year. Um, you know, he's not trying to, he's not worrying about the draft coming up. Mm. And, and so, you know, can you find a, a draft in stash later on? With the draft getting pushed back and pushed back, the timing of that uh, becomes a little more difficult. You look at the Asian player rule to say, you know, what else, what else is out there in, in that market? Is there, is there something that we can bring to our league that's going to add value to our team, to our league? Um, can we attract a different audience? Um, you know, and then you're looking at your free agents and your, and your imports as well. So, you know, you, we had the opportunity to look at everything because, and we looked at younger guys because over the years we've had, um, you know, a pretty full roster and, to get a younger guy, they all they see is minutes. Yep, there's some dollars attached to it, but they just want minutes. Mm. If you can offer minutes, you got a chance at getting them. Hey, Vico, you mentioned uh, looking out your window and seeing the uh, the national training out there. Lift the curtain a little bit for us. Who and uh, who and what do you see out there? <laughs> yeah, Dave Anderson, I hadn't seen down there before, so he's a he's out there working with Gord, showing showing him what he can do, and I'm sure he wants to to you know going around again and he had put in some pretty good performances last year so um you know it could possibly be a, a great signing coming back for them as a, as a veteran um you know sunday's probably the biggest free agent in the league right now he, he's running around and he's participating in our scrimmages and it's been great to see the growth of him uh, as a player in our league um who else we got down there kyle emmett nah 
um, Chris Golding, uh, Josh Giddy. Yeah, so there's some, there's some good talent running around down there. Jock Landau. Good talent. Very much on the money. All right, before we let you go, Dean, of course, the Black Lives Matter movement right across the world, and rightfully so, continuing the conversation, of course, of racial injustice. And I believe there was a, a, a conversation led by Melbourne United and, and people within it, as well as an education session with players right around the country and the world. Yeah, I think as a club, like, you know, every other club, and it was good to hear Will Weaver talk about, you know, he's gone back into study, and, you know, uh, the Indigenous, you know, and how they their impact. And, um, you know, I, w I went to Black Lives Matter rally and then the club stood me down for, for a week until I'd uh, been tested uh, for corona before I was allowed to come back into the gym. And um, But, I, you know, I've got young girls and... Um, and, and young kids and and they're from mixed background as well and and it was an issue that was was big for me and to just to go um if we hadn't had corona I'm sure i would have had them come as well but i think as a club it's like what are we going to do how can how can we have an impact from this and so uh dave patrick had, had spoken to to vince Cavalli um about you know let's let's chat about this and so we got together uh a Paul of Dave Patrick and we got Copes and um, Lena, I'm sorry, Copes and DMAC and Kane Mew, an Aboriginal player that came through the Tiger system, you know, Joe Cool and Shay Ely, all from, you know, different backgrounds. We, we, we asked, you know, how did racism impact them in Melbourne um, during their playing time? How was it off the floor? And has there been any injustice about them going for jobs and have they felt that? And so it was really open forum, um, you know, about what they felt. And it was pretty appalling to hear some of the things that Kane Muir as an Aboriginal player growing up in Melbourne, you know, dealt with uh, Joe Cool just walking down the street, some of the things that he has to deal with. And, and, and so it got to a point just like, you know, let's now we understand this a little bit more. Let's, let's look at our own club. Let's me look at my coaching staff that I put together. Is it representative of, of our community? And do I look at, you know, just really check yourself. And I, I think that's what it's going to really get to. We've got Monica uh, Majuk, uh, um, Majuk Majuk's sister. We've got six uh, South Sudanese kids coming in for a clinic tomorrow. We're going to do more in the indigenous space um, with the, South Sudanese tournament, we want to kind of grow that one as well. And so I think we have a greater impact um, in, in how we assist, um, you know, racism to just make sure it's just not in basketball. And, and, and we do that by checking ourselves first. No doubt. Great idea. And, and this is what so much is about, the conversation and uh, I guess exposing people who may not be really aware of some of the difficulties that so many people have had to deal with their whole entire lives. Dino? We appreciate it. We appreciate it as well joining us. Of course, interesting time when it comes to putting that roster together and the conversations going at Melbourne United, mate. So we'll talk July 15. When you get a few locked away, no doubt you'll be back on NBL overtime. Looking forward to it. Cheers. Thank you. Dan Vickerman, head coach of Melbourne United. And boys, we're talking free agents. We expect Anthony Drimmick to not be at Adelaide. Not sure where he will be, but he has put together a pretty exciting mixtape. Have a look at this. Thanks, Dino.
Hashtag NBL overtime. Decent mixtape, boys. Decent mixtape. Anthony Drimmick, who, of course, had a really good, probably his best year last year in the NBL. But we do know he's, well, he's on the move. Well, we're assuming so. Liam, you've been reporting it for the better part of three months now that it'll end up at the Brisbane Bullets. You're still sticking fat there? I am, although... Oh, uh, oh, Drim- oh. <laughs> Drim announced himself last night that he signed with the Perth Bandits. Mm. So a little spanner in the works, uh, in the mix here. But I tell you, I'm... I'm high on Drimmick. Mm. I've been high on him for a couple. I've been waiting for the real breakout for a couple of years now. And we saw some really great signs from him last year. Is he ever going to get there? Is he going to get to that point that we think he can? Maybe. I, I like the way he goes about it. I think it was a mistake for the 36ers no to just so early in this process go, do you know what? Nah, we don't want you. You can go and, you know, feel free to go and talk to everybody. Like that's a big mistake because he could start on that 36ers team this year. He's a good guy. He plays with a tenacity that that I love. And I think his arrows pointed up. And we, we spoke to John really last week on NBL Rewind. He was raving about him in the collegiate ranks when he had him. So you're right, though. Like, I'm not saying he should definitely have started Adelaide as they go in a slightly different direction, obviously. But homicide, so just call it... It's- the season hadn't even been finished and they called the fact that Froling and Drimmick, two young Australians with probably their best basketball still to come, could go explore other options. Interesting move, I thought, by, by any, any professional sporting team to do that in that time. First of all, that mixtape is super saucy. Drimmick is looking the goods. Um, always loved his energy, his passion defensively. He brought it. You know, whenever he was confident, letting it go from the land of plenty, it would go in. Just him being aggressive at both ends was something that I loved to watch when I saw him play. Um, maybe this year would be the breakout year. You know, the, the difference between elite and just a mere mortal in the game is just focus. How long can you consistently be locked in, game in, game out? So if he's uh, ready to be focused consistently, game in, game out, this should be a breakthrough year. Every year he's shown more and more and more, but it was still inconsistent. So if he can lock in consistently right now, this upcoming season, and after that mixtape, my juices is flowing. Drimmick is looking. That mixtape is crazy. I, 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 mean, I don't know that the Bullets as a landing place is the right place for him to have that breakout. Nah, There's a lot of cooks in that kitchen. And he's, he's a guy that is ready to start, get a lot of the rock, be attacking the rim relentlessly, a lot of free throw attempts and take his game to the next level. Now, he wants to play with certain guys, wants to play in a certain system, wants to win a championship. That's cool. Guys want to do certain things. But I get the, I get the feeling like we're not going to see the meteoric rise from him there that we might have seen had he perhaps gone somewhere else. I, while I don't disagree with anything you said there, I'm actually really intrigued about what Brisbane are going to do. Now, if they get Froling, if they get Drimmick, obviously Sobe, looks like Glidden's on the way out. Well, he's definitely on the way out. Lamar, are they coming with one import? Is Magne going to be there? I know there's a lot of questions and a lot of intrigue right now, but this Brisbane Bullets roster, mm-hmm. that underachieved last year. We thought they were going to be better, gave themselves an opportunity to make the playoffs and fell that little bit short. The, we spoke about this. They may only go one import. In fact, I think they will only go one import. Cam, don't get me wrong. I love it for Brisbane. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, I, bring I, him I, in for I sure. You, if yeah. he's good to come, but mm-hmm. we'll see how it plays out. Maybe he might be the man. Who knows?
they might lean on him to go all the way. All right, and this, it has led us into this, a new segment, which we're going to talk about should a player or should a player re-sign at a club or should a club re-sign them. We're going to call it yeah or nah. I wanted to call it yeah or Emmett nah, and I was overruled by Guy at the back. It just works. Play on words. Hang on. I haven't got Emmett nah down today, but that's a question we might have next week. Hey, let's start with Tariko White. Perth Wildcats. Should he, not will he, should he stay or not club? You know, obviously it has to factor into it as well. I'll start with you, Homicide. Yes. Two for two. Mm-hmm. You can't change a winning recipe. It was, there was some reports that he may have been going to sign a South East Melbourne Phoenix, which got slapped out of the uh, ballpark real fast. What do you think, Liam? Yes. But it depends on what they can do with their front court. Yeah. Depends on what Nick Kay does. And I'm hearing more and more he's headed to Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and less and less likely that he's going to return. Still perhaps on the cards. But if they re-sign Tariko White and Bryce Cotton doesn't naturalise, then there's no Miles Plumley. What are you doing there in the front court? Are you bringing back Angus Brandt? Do you somehow get Dewott Reith out of his contract at FMP and add him in there? If you can get something done in the front court, make sure you're solid there. Absolutely, you bring Tariko White back. But if you can't, and you need to bring back Miles Plumley so that you've got a big body up front, then maybe that's Clint Steinle to step in and play more minutes. John Robinson, South East Melbourne Phoenix. Yeah or nah? Liam. Nah. Ooh. Nah for me. Um, he, was, he was great for them last season in, in what he did. He was perfect, I think, for, for as a year one kind of guy. But I think they just need something a bit different in that spot. For me, he's a 5'10 shooting guard. And that's good. That's fine. So is Bryce Cotton. But I just don't feel like that works with, with the South East Melbourne Phoenix and what they've got together. They need a distributor. They need a guy, and our Scott, Scott Machado's don't grow on trees, but they need a guy that Cam Glidden, if he's in South East Melbourne uh, Phoenix, uh, Mitch Creek, uh, you know, a bunch of the other guys on that roster, Ty Wesley, are singing the praises of later in the season because he has made them better. They need a guy with some length and get some deflections, be an impact defender. And um, a guy who can kind of get everyone involved. And I'm not certain that's John Robertson for me. I'm excited to agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Good. Sweet. Let's go straight to Brandon Ashley then in New Zealand. I'll start with you, Homicide, because you're all saying bring them all back. Is he one of them? He's gotten better as the season progressed, mm-hmm. but he just continued to get into foul trouble. I love his rim protection. You know, I love what, what he brought, but he was just always in foul trouble. I, I, didn't, I thought that he did not adjust quick enough or well enough with these referees. So with that said, I wouldn't bring him back. Liam? Yeah. Yep, bring him back or yep, I agree. Yep, bring him back. Okay. Um, I wasn't super high on him when they first signed him. I thought he maybe was it's going to be a little bit soft coming into the NBA. I'll get pushed around a little. And maybe he does need to toughen up a little bit. Maybe that's where the fouls come into play. Tough in mind about when to you know, know when to not to go after it or when to step off, when to, to, to be physical and when not to. But I loved him for them in the second half of last season. Talk about Scotty Hops. I think Brandon Ashley was a big part of that run they made at the end of the season. You've got Rob Lowe, 
Maybe Rob Lowe starts at the five and Ashley comes off the bench to protect fouls in the first few minutes. But I think he gives them some length and athleticism that they need in that front court that they don't have with Finn Delaney and, and uh, Rob Lowe. And speaking of Kiwis, he didn't play last year in New Zealand, but Mika Vakona, of course, a legend. And this is more intrigue around Brisbane. Yeah or nah, Mika Vakona back at Brisbane for you, Liam? Yeah, it's an interesting one. That He signed that two-year contract when he first came over. Really struggled to get on the floor last mm. year, obviously, right? But um, I still think, yeah, one-year contract. Got, mm. You need that veteran presence for me a lot. You got fro- you know, I, frolling by the sounds of things. Matt Hodgson, Will Magnate, Tyrell Harrison. Bunch of kind of guys that could do with a veteran presence to help them out of practice. I think the big thing is how often is he out there on the practice floor? Vico spoke about that with Casey Prather earlier. Like, we need a guy that's out there five days a week. Um, if he's out there regularly enough, I think, yeah, he's a great guy to have deep on that roster. Homicide, we rolling with Mika? Time to go home. Time to go home. Time to uh, put him on the coaching staff. He could do all of that stuff on the coaching staff. So back to the breakers by home, you mean? Be a part of the New Zealand? No, just hang him up. Retire. Yep. Okay. And join the Bullet staff. He could do all of that stuff on the staff. All right. Now, if it's not yeah. Mika, if it's not Mika, if you're going to do that with Mika, go get Dave Anderson. Well, That's a good pickup. Yeah, don't go too early, Liam. Because we're about to get into the Hawks and Brian Gorgian. And we're going to start with AJ Ogilvie. Yeah or nah? AJ Ogilvie at the Hawks. Yes or no? I'm looking at you, Liam. Sorry. We're in different areas. I understand you both on the same computer screen. Um, nah. Oh, okay. Nah, don't re-sign AJ Ogilvy. Um, and I, I was strong push this time last year, pushing for the Hawks to make sure they got that done and bring him back. That's all good and well. It didn't, I didn't feel like it worked beautifully with Josh Boone, the way they played that. But in my chat with Brian Gorgian last week, I asked him, what, what do you like about the blank canvas? The fact you've got nobody on the roster. And he said, I'm not for everyone. And everyone's not for me. Mm-hmm. And this way I can make sure we've got every player on the roster wants to play for me. I want to coach that guy and it's going to work. I don't think AJ Ogilvie is a Brian Gorgian type guy and I don't think that would work. You agree, Homicide? I just think that I haven't seen enough consistency with his play over the last two years that's worthy of re-signing him. Okay. Oh, on that... Oh, hold on, hold on. In the league? Think there's a spot for AJ Ogilvie in the league? That wasn't the answer. that wasn't the question that's asked. Resign him or not? No, it was actually. I'm about to ask now, where does he fit then? If he doesn't fit at the Hawks, if it isn't the Hawks where he's going to resign, where does AJ Ogilvy get a job? Or if he does get a job, does he? Liam, that's not the question. Who wants to answer it? <laughs> See, because I think in the in the right situation, he can be great. He can give you great minutes. Which Bro, he has there's the no situation bottle. better than starting center. What, what what situation? What more do you want? Right, so that sounds right if you're not getting playing time. He's a starting center in the league. I just don't what think what situation is more right than that. He's just I just don't think he's a starting center in the league anymore. Okay. But if you have I think if you, you bring him off the bench, like Perth have Majuk Majuk. Mm-hmm. If that's AJ Ogilvy, heck, you're getting excellent minutes as your backup five in that situation. How do you know that? That's just that's my read on where, where he's at and, and his production. So you know he's going to get excellent – he's going to give you excellent minutes. I think what did he so, give the last backup. two years? What did he give the last two years? Yeah, the expectations were set a bit too high for him as a, as a, as a starter for me. 
right. So if you don't think he's a back, he'll give you good minutes as a backup, you don't think there's a spot for him in the league? All right, man. Well, hold on. Is that what you're saying? What I'm telling you is he gave you four games in a total of two seasons very good. That's what I'm telling you. It's not expectations. How much more can you opportunity do you want? Okay. So then is it, keep it 100. Is it, what do you it, mean keep it 100? I said it. He gave you four games in two seasons. How much more 100 do you want? So you don't think AJ Ogilvy will be in the league next year, Corey? Look, I don't know if he's going to be in the league yeah. next year. The question, of, the topic of this yeah. segment okay. is should he be re-signed or not? Okay. I said no, and right, I Lee, stated my reasons why. Liam, based on the player you think, with the expectations dropping and, and how it might be with AJ Ogilvy, where do you think a good landing place for him is? Okay, good question. Um, well, let's, let's talk about, say, the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Yeah. They need, they need something else alongside Pinot. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, if, the, there's, if they can't get something better, then I think, yeah, you could get good minutes out of AJ Ogilvy in that spot. I, I, I agree because I think Pinot and, and Summer Mitchell and the crew might disagree, but I think Pinot's earned an opportunity to be the starting centre come opening night. And unless they come and get a centre, an import centre that is unbelievably high profile and we know is going to perform. We saw the Keith Benson situation last year where he didn't live up to his own expectations and how we thought, everyone thought he would play. I think Dane Pinot deserved the shot to be the starting centre. And I also think if you're going to do that, you can probably get AJ Ogilvy to back him up without breaking the bank, allow yourself to go and get a, a higher volume score in a different position, maybe as one of the guards. So I don't mind that idea. I think all. another spot might be Cairns, for example. Like if you're, if you're not bringing back Cam Oliver, if that doesn't work yeah. and you end up having to bring back, mm-hmm. you bring up DJ Newball mm-hmm. and you go that path. Then you go, okay, well, let's re-sign Nate Jawai. And between Nate Jawai and yep. AJ Ogilvy, those guys will share the minutes at the far. I, 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 I see both points. I'd be stunned if AJ Ogilvy doesn't have an NBL job next year. Not okay. saying he's going to set the world alight, but I would be stunned if he wasn't on a roster somewhere. All right, which leads us into the next conversation because uh, last week you went one-on-one with your former coach, Brian Gorgian. He's the, and has done a wonderful job in the last week of doing all media. Like, it doesn't seem like a day goes by where I see a TV or a radio station around the country that has been graced by the presence of Brian Gorgian. Done a wonderful job telling old school stories as well and mixing them in with his, his vision for the Hawks going forward. It's been great for the league and looking forward to him getting towards his free agency date and see where it goes. What does he do? I'm going to start with you, Liam. What does he do? Where do we go from here with the Hawks with players out of contract? Who does he go and try and steal? Who does he try and encouraged to come home. What do you think Brian Gorgian should do? Uh, well, the first step is to, to re-sign as many of those five, and I'm going to say five, mm-hmm. talented youngsters that, that, that's out there from last season. So you're talking about Sam Froling, Sunday Deck, Angus Glover, um, Emmett Nah, who's not so young, but he's in that mix, and Dan Greeter, for me, despite the injury. Go and get as many of those five as you can. Um, bring back Tim Conrad. I'd say sign him up. He's st- he can still give you some really good minutes. Um, and then for me, go after Deng Adele. That's the guy I'd like to see Gorge and the Hawks, that, that kind of marquee signing for them. I think in that system, he would be really, really good. Then go after a big athletic guy, like a guy like Keanu Pinder, mm-hmm. who I'll speak more on a little bit in, in a minute. Go after a guy like that. 
and then go get a really talented next star. And, you know, we can talk about the next stars in that situation, but with Brian Colangelo and his experience, his extensive network over there, his interest in the next stars program and his family's involvement with USA basketball, mm -hmm. which involves not just the senior team, but all of those mm -hmm. junior teams as well. I'd love to see them bring in a, you know, like a Kate Cunningham or a Jonathan Kaminga or a really good talented next star. And then you fill the, the rest of the other gaps with, with two really good imports. I'm aside, is, if that's the way they go, well, one, is that the way you would go? Oh, man. E, it's a tough task. It's a real tough task. You know, these are all theories and, you know, what we would personally like, but NBL ain't what the NBL used to be. So, <laughs> you know, the, the question is, what is the goal? We know his track record, but what is his goal this season? Get to the finals, go to the grand finals, win the championship. You know what I mean? And then whatever your expectation is, that's, got, that's how you're going to have to recruit. Because just because you automatically jump on a team with your track record does not mean you're going to hit your target. Mm -hmm. This is not a cupcake league. You got Cairns, Brisbane just made it, New Zealand, Perth. Sydney, United, and you, you finished last last year. So it's a tough task, you know. It's, it's definitely he's going to need more than his track record are we, are to get we this thing done. So I, I don't know what he's going to do. In, are we know? expecting the purse strings to be a little looser this year? Of course, we've always had some financial issues when it comes to Illawarra in the past and right there on the cusp of, trying to run it as, as cheaply as possible. And they've done you know, great results over the years on this. You know a couple of people involved in the ownership homicide. Do you expect them to be able to have a bit of money to fling around to try and entice a Dengadel or, you know, Matthew Dallavadova or someone? I mean, all I can tell you is... <laughs> I can't tell you anything, to be honest. <laughs> Does that mean you won't <laughs> or you can't? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't know anything. Okay. You know, uh, I pers I ask. I don't want to know anything anyway. Yep. Whenever you come out with something, mm -hmm. I'll comment on it. But uh, yep. you know, like you said, Liam, with the connects that you know that that front office has, you know, uh, you can expect some some great signings coming. You know, down New South Wales way. That's all I can say. I don't know how they he's yep. going to go about doing it. Good luck to him because this is going to be a test on his recruitment, their recruiting ability. Cam, mm -hmm. okay, I think Gorgeous signing on to be the head coach tells you everything you need to know about that. Yeah, that, that's what I'm assuming. He's, he's, and it's not just that they're, gonna, they're paying him. Yeah. He, he's had that conversation. He said, look, are we, are we gonna buy, are we gonna spend some money and get a roster? Cause I can, I've said this before, I can coach until the cows come home. Mm -hmm. But if I don't have any talent on the roster, I'm not, we're not gonna win. And they're coming in to win. He said that last week. We're going to come in. We're going to represent the area. We're going to play the right way. We're going to come in and win. Mm -hmm. So they're going to, I think they're going to be in the mix for sure. Mm, all right. Hashtag NBL overtime to get involved. I, I think it's, yet again, it's, it's doubly as intriguing when Brian Gorge and the legend that he is comes back to the league. <laughs> that obviously adds so much to it. I, I, we said this last week. Like, I have no doubt that where players in their own mind might have been thinking they were going to maybe head or conversations officially or unofficially they might have had. They'll be second-guessing that. Maybe not definitely turning their back on what they were thinking, but there was definitely be a conversation had 
that they probably didn't expect to have two weeks ago based on the fact that Brian Gorgian is back in the league. And I'm not just talking about the players, the five you mentioned there. I'm talking about players who are out of contract right around the NBL and maybe internationally with an Australian passport. They're existing in the marketplace in a completely different place now under this new ownership than they were this time last year. Now, you remember that we were in the studio and we're talking about Casper Ware and Mallow Trimble and who's going to go where. And there's Simon Stratford, the owner of the Hawks, on Twitter. So I said, well, hold on. We're trying to have a conversation with Mallow Trimble. And we were like, yeah, cool. He's not signing at the Hawks. He's, you're just not in that ball game. Um, that's not, I don't think that's how it is this year in this current situation. Free agency has waited for them. Mm-hmm. It's been pushed back predominantly for them. And they're going to be ready to go. And if they, I think they're going to be in the mix in, when it comes to the conversations that they want to be in the mix in. I've raised Matthew Delavadeau before on this show. I think he's the perfect place to start. Olympic year, you can lean on different things, and I've said it. I still think you can get an NBA roster spot. That's not one thing I'm dismissing, but the time of his career, his age, his young family, Olympics, basketball Australia, I'd be getting them involved to try and entice him home and be that sort of go-between between between selling the, the dream, the Australian dream, and men's basketball as we head towards Tokyo 2021. All right, hashtag NBL overtime to get involved. Just on the next stars, uh, it's an interesting situation because COVID has thrown everything out as, as Dan Vickerman spoken uh, earlier chat when we had with him off the top of the show. Is this make it easier or harder, do you think, to get a next star here to Australia right now considering what's going on? Collegiate basketball, of course, is well, collegiate sports is up in the air. In fact, academically, it's up in the air. Uh, you know, the NBA, the draft is pushed back. We have no idea what's happening when it comes to a lot of the periphery stuff. What do you think, Homicide? Easier or harder to entice a next star right now to the NBL? I'm not sure. Mm. You know, there's, I, a lot I, I, of, there's a lot going on in America, but I, I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. Yeah, well, neither do I. That's why I like, what do you think, Liam? Or is it neutral? I think, <laughs> I think, I think um, easier. Okay. Um, I think the G League program makes things a bit harder. Mm-hmm. We've seen no that with, with Jalen Green and, and these other guys. But um, I think the co- between the COVID situation and, I mean, the US can't get out of their own way in terms of that at all. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and the NCAA and everything that's been going on with the NCAA for a long time, a long time with their exploitation of, of athletes. I mean, if you're a top-tier basketball prospect, I don't think the NCAA has been less appealing than it is right now. Mm-hmm. And, and not all these kids are going to take the G League route. You know, like this, this, especially now that there are some legit top prospects mm-hmm. in that program already, there can be too many cooks in the kitchen. I think some of these guys, and there are still some really good guys out there. I mentioned some guys before, are going to look at Lamelo going top five. They're going to look at RJ Hampton go top 20. And they're going to go, the NBL route works. It's been proven to work. I think we're going to see some, some uh, talented guys in the league this season. Yeah, I, I think that, interestingly, too, what Dean Vickerman said earlier about the draft and stash and maybe the, the slight tinkering of the thought process by NBL teams as well. Now, this year, when we have these discussions, I think you've got to think a bit of a long-term uh, vision as well because obviously this year 2020 has been thrown into disarray and it's chaotic in so many avenues but I think the fact is about Di Lazada and words from Dean Vickerman said he was the best next star who was here uh, both on and off the court and playing the entire year might actually change the idea maybe not for this year 
for the next couple of years going forward as well. All right. Now, before we do get out of here, you did mention it early. Keanu Pinder, Liam, I'm not going to let you get away with it. What do you got for us? Um, Keanu Pinder, yeah, I'm hearing that uh, he's looking more and more likely that he's going to sign in the NBL. Yep. Been told that uh, three teams are chasing his signature. This is a guy who, obviously, the son of Tiny Pinder, two-time yep. NBL champ. Um, and he was the backup to DeAndre Ayton at the University of Arizona, played the last couple of years in Poland, uber-athlete. And his agent, Daniel Moldovan, tells me, tells me that um, he's been pretty happy with the, uh, the offers that he's been receiving in recent times. So this guy's looking more and more likely like he's going to be in the NBL next season. And what, what type of offers and what type of franchises are we talking <laughs> Well, we'll get more specific maybe <laughs> as time goes by, hopefully. But, uh, I mean, there, are, there would not be many more athletic Aussie ball players on the planet than this kid. So it'll be fun to see him in the league. What's his position? He's like a four, an athletic four-five. And what team did his dad play for? What's that? What team did his dad play for? Oh my goodness, his dad played for a bunch of teams, for a few teams, but two-time champion for who? The Wildcats. I need to retire for question. Okay, homicide. Uh, okay. Think something's cooking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. You know, nothing else. Oh, Maybe he just he just needs to, he needs to play. He was in the uh, he was in Perth media a little while back, um, saying, "Look, I'm you know I'm I'm interested in getting offers from the NBL, but I need to play. I need somewhere yeah. where I'm at a point in my career where I need to play." That's, That's true. Athletic right. four. <laughs> Who may be going to Europe? Might be a nice spot. Mm. I'm just talking out loud. You know me. I don't really. I don't know anything. I just know when it gets posted. But no, I'm no, just saying. No, we do know you. And when you talk out loud, you got something cooking. You have an official. I don't know. So I don't have anything cooking. Now. I'm just, you know. All right. Hey, big week. Mitch McCarron going to join uh, Adam Gibson on his podcast. That'll drop tomorrow. The Magic Man, Steve Carfino, going to join Liam and I for NBL Rewind. Who you got for isolation conversation this week, Liam? Sam Froling. Ooh. What's See where his head's at. You just told us that he's got to re-sign on the Hawks. BJ's got to get him back. So we're going to look to that as well. Plenty to get into. Hashtag NBL Overtime. Boys, we'll see you next week. Peace. Catch.